Is this, uh, is this filming me? No, don't no. worry. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe not my best angle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just recording, so oh, don't good. worry about it. Hi, Jonathan Williams back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, well, if you've got an interest in property, buying, renting, selling or investing in property, then listen up. We're taking a sideways look at property and a peek behind the curtains at the world of Scottish property conveyancing. This show is one of our interview shows. Last week I had a chat with Chris Breckenridge of Savills. He's one of the associate directors at Savills' big multinational estate agency. They've got offices in Glasgow, Edinburgh. They're big down south. They're probably high-end kind of estate agents. He deals with very much the West End side of things. So his competitors are the likes of Corum, Retties and Clyde Property. We have a great chat, try to keep it to around about 30 minutes or so. We find out a wee bit about why he got into property, find a bit about his mentors who helped him as his career progressed. And we also find out a wee bit about how he pitches for work. And that's probably the takeaway from today's show. It's how he goes about and how those at Savills go about qualifying their leads And what they're doing is they're trying to identify the personality, the type of personality, your red, blue, green or yellow personality. And then trying to be almost a chameleon and uh, ensuring that if they're a numbers type person, then all they're going to talk about is numbers. Or if they're more of a social being, then they're going to have maybe a wee bit more of a laugh and tell a couple of stories. All quite different and I'm sure you'll find interesting. But before we kick off with that, um, let me tell you, we've, uh, we're right in the middle of Christmas night out action. I had uh, a do with Lindsay's, who've got the consultancy agreement with. At the end of the interview, I'll tell you a wee bit more about that night. But then I've got a double header, so that was Friday night. I'm, interview- I'm doing this on the Friday and uh, going out on the, the Saturday night. So double header for me and uh, I can already feel my, the size of my liver uh, getting smaller and smaller as the weekend progresses. But listen, let's kick this off and here's Chris and I having an atara last week. Let's get started. Hi, it's Jonathan Williams here back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Um, We've done a number of interviews and I'm sitting here with Chris Breckenridge of Savills. Um, He's the associate director, is that what we're we're calling it? Um, And I just wanted to chew the fat with Chris. We've been trying to get Chris on for a couple of months and uh, I think it's probably very much been down to the fact that they're doing a huge refurb at Savills, but now that's all been completed. We've got Chris now in front of me. Um, good morning. Morning. How are you doing? Very well, very well. So why estate agency? Why did you want to get into estate agency? Let's start at the top. <coughs> yeah, so estate agency, I would say is something I kind of fell into. Um, there was a, a natural push towards it as my aunt actually owns a lettings company called Parker Property 
All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, that she's had for about 30 years. So when I was at university, I did a sports and events uh, management degree. And I, I, I had in my head that I wanted to get into that sort of sector. And after three years, I uh, started to realise that it actually wasn't for me. Um, I enjoyed playing my rugby, as you know. And yep. Um, had a, a dream of potentially playing at a, a much higher level uh, than, than I did get. As we all did back in the day. As we all did. And uh, <laughs> I thought that degree may have been a, a push towards that. Uh, it transpired it wasn't, and it wasn't quite for me. And I had a lot of friends who were working in uh, agency at the time. Um, and as I say, my aunt kind of pushed me towards going down that route. So okay. I joined Slater Hogg. Um, at the age of 20. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of straight from uni and never looked back since. Okay. It's interesting because the people that we've talked to on the podcast have always had generally close family friends mm. or family themselves yeah. who have had either an interest in property or actually had been dealing with property. Um, yeah. And it seems to be that that seems to rub off mm -hmm. on certain members of the family yeah. uh, and they push them. I know Mark Taylor, Tayletting, yeah. um, he was very much of that. And of course, you know Mark through, yeah. through the rugby side. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I think, I think there is a, I don't think everyone grows up to necessarily wanting to be an estate agent. Um, but it, it, at the time, you know, I, I had a great interest in property. Yeah. Um, I was living in Mogai at the time and then soon, soon after that moved into the West End and I was working in the West End branch for Slater Hogg Housing, which in 2005, 6, 7 was just on fire. Amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we're still not quite back at what it was like then. Yeah. Whether we ever will get back to that, I'm not sure. Um, but it was just an incredible experience for a young guy. And what about training? I mean, from my background, which is law, you very much, you come out of school, you're into university, you've got exams to sit, and then you've got a diploma, then a traineeship, and it's all very much marked out, and this is what you're doing, etc., etc. Yeah. But I guess with the state agency, is there a training? Is it learning on the job? How, I think how a lot do you of find it, it? Yeah, I think a lot of it is learning on the job. There, there is not a qualification, per se. Um, the... The reason I decided to go and work for Slater Hogan House, and uh, I was also offered a job with Clyde Property, um, was their training uh, programme that they set out to me yeah. uh, was fantastic. And from somebody that had no real experience in, in that world, uh, mm -hmm. to learn as much about it as I possibly could... Uh, was all, always going to be a huge benefit to me moving forward. And that training, was that focused? Did you have to go to seminars or was it in-house training? Was it quite structured? It was a lot of in-house training by a lady called Lorna Moyer. Okay. Who was the wife of my PE teacher at school. So there was... Not Roddy Moyer. Roddy Moyer, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that's true. Right. So, okay. uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, that was... Uh, I got on great with her. Right. I wouldn't say I got on great with her husband at school. <laughs> Don't think but anybody did. No, he was a bit of a, a wild one. Um, short temper. Indeed. So, yeah, that she was the in-house trainer at Slater Organ House, and she would, uh, you would, I'd say it was once a month, we'd, we'd go up to Clarkson office. In, okay. Uh, Eastwood, Mains. 
Toll, I think it was. Um, and were you there as a, a training group? Or yeah. Would you, right. Okay. Yeah. So it was a group of it, primarily. I was I was a trainee valuer when I joined, and and it was primarily um, ten guys, couple couple of ladies usually, uh-huh. um, all early twenties, um, learning about estate agency and the various acts, etc., etc what not to say in your brochures, what, mm-hmm. not, what not to do when you're with somebody, what not to say, what to say over the phone. Yeah. Um, I remember when we also joined, we had uh, tea cards of no computers when oh I walked God. into Cedro. Oh, it takes me back. So there was tea card uh, systems and uh, people shouting across the office, where's where's the tea card for Polworth Street? And uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. And it was mental, absolutely mental. And... Um, Shortly after I joined, they implemented a, a system called Repit, which is excellent, and actually we use that today. Here, so right. uh, we got that installed in Savills three or four years ago, I think. So I, I was already pretty clued up on it, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, a far more, um, a far better way to organise your estate agency day. Yeah. Um, storing applicants etc because they'd relied upon the tea card from day one yeah. almost hadn't they and yeah, really yeah, yeah. changed or embraced yeah. the, the computer side of things yeah so th- this is effect- it's an effect of an electronic version of your tea cards but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's brilliant and allows you to match people to all your new properties coming on etc right. et so I, I was clued up on that which was great and anybody in that group of trainees that are still in the industry that, you, that I would know the names of yeah, so actually, a uh, really good guy, Johnny Riley. Oh, right, out at Retty's. Who yep. runs Retty Beers. Then was a trainee with me at Slater Hog in the West End. Okay. So I must have been, I was about 20. Johnny must have been, I don't mean to offend him, Johnny must have been about 30 odd. Maybe. Right. Um, I think Johnny's about 40. Um, so it, it, was, it was interesting to see he'd done a bit of a career change actually he, he I think he'd worked for BMW previously okay on the sales side and he came across big change uh, started from the bottom yeah and has done very well uh-huh. uh, you know by all accounts I think he moved to Sterling shortly after that and then um, with Slater Hawk and then he said Retty and Bears Den now for three or four years yeah ago. yeah so yeah jo- Johnny Riley um, okay. Sharon Donaldson was was kind of Head of uh, head of the business with Michael Luck above her at the time, oh, right, yeah. and she's now marketing director, I think, countrywide, who own effectively yes. Slade and Countrywide. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. Johnny Dixon still in the West End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Good guy, good friend. Um, Jamie Osborne, he was working with me in uh, the West End as well. He's popped up at Retty's now. now Retty, with Maitland. Retty with Maitland, yeah. yeah. Um, Fergus Lindsay, he's still in the city centre. I was in the city centre branch for a wee bit. Um, so yeah, some. I have to say, I think the majority of agents, um, or anyone working in an agency, all started at Slater uh-huh, Hogan House. Uh-huh. I think if you didn't, um, it was either some other family connection that you had, or yeah. a business that you already had, the likes of Ian at Ivy and. Uh-huh. Mark and such like, um, but the majority of agents looking at even in our team, Peter Gillespie, Slater Ogden House, and Andrew Perrett, Slater Ogden House, and Caroline Gallagher, 
Slater Hall, Lorraine, uh, Corrigan, Slater Hall, Houston. It, it certainly says there. something about their, their training abilities to train all these people who are you know at the top of their game and have been for all a long the, all, period all of time. All the Corum guys, uh, they were all ex Slater Hall. Yeah, yeah. Maitland. Um, so, yeah, I think. It said a lot about them at the time. Mm. They were a fantastic business to work for. So you've done the training, okay, and you're, you're let loose. What about mentors? I'm a big fan of having somebody when you're just a whippersnapper, just coming out, mm-hmm. and you need somebody there who, to a certain extent, is going to hold your hand, but has got words of wisdom that, you know, I know certainly from a legal career, um, you know, there's so many people who have assisted me. What about you, mentors? Anybody you can say, you know what, they yeah. were a real hand. Yeah, there's definitely been a couple of people um, along the way. Uh, Johnny Dixon, who was the area manager at Slater Hog at the time and the main valuer in the office, was, was a huge influence in me uh, moving forward in my career. I remember, very shallow of me, but I was a 20 year old. Uh, turning up my first day and going out in a valuation with Johnny and he pulled up in his brand new Aston Martin right. pre-recession um, right. I thought this is quite a this could be quite a nice <laughs> nice industry to, to, to do well in yep. Um, yep. I subsequently, subsequently found out he owned that with somebody else so it wasn't fully his no. but uh, Johnny's a, a great guy and was a big, a big help with me in, in the early days and then I, I said there, I had a stint in the Candle Riggs office with Slater Hogg and um, Lisa Pitchers was the, uh, Pitchers, sorry, was the uh, branch manager there. Mm-hmm. And she was just fantastic. She's sadly recently left uh, and she's now heading up DJ Alexander's in town. Oh, um, right. okay. But she was absolutely outstanding. The most, probably the best, most well-organised uh, and best manager I've ever had. Yeah. So she was a, a and she still remains. A, I've bumped into her probably at the end of the day. Still remains a good pal when I see her and things. Okay. Um, and also, my current boss Andrew Perrett's been uh, great. The last five six years I've been here. Um, probably the best person I've ever been out with pitching wise. Pretty much everyone mm-hmm. goes out to heel. You'll get on the market. He's yeah, you know, very well connected around Glasgow. Is that that pitching side? If I just digress for a moment, uh, and the actual sort of nuts and bolts of, of what you do. So you're going out, and what your job is is to try and get properties on the market for yeah. for Savills. Yeah. Um, and pitching is a is a huge part of of your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that something that you took? easily to or was it something that you almost had to have a script at the start and then yeah, how difficult did you find that? I, I, I kind of took to it fairly naturally I would say um, I got on with people I like to think I got Such on Such a people job Yeah, yeah, so if you're a people person um, and you don't like necessarily being stuck in an office all day mm-hmm. uh, it's great and you know, I get to see. I'm very fortunate enough now to see the some of the best houses in Scotland um, on a daily basis. And um, it's, I think, if you are a people person and you're yourself, 
actually I think that's the most Inspired. important thing yeah mm-hmm. and honest with people they like that and they'll want to sell the people won't sell with honest people I think and I think uh, there's a there's a bad there can be a bad name in a state agency it's got mm-hmm. a, a stigma attached to wheeler wheeler dealer types and, and I think if you're honest mm-hmm. then that will help massively it's certainly I think in, in so many jobs that you do um, you know I'm now um, doing mortgage brokering as, as well as the legals yeah. <clears throat> and there's a fair amount of, of pitching for business and I feel that one of the most important things to do is to try and establish that rapport mm-hmm. with the client as quickly as possible yeah. and I guess you'll be of a similar view yeah absolutely I think if you can uh, no pitch is the same so you know you need to do your homework first I would say uh-huh. as well I, I'm pretty big on that and um, I won't give too many tips away, secrets away. <laughs> I, I like to do my homework so that you're fully prepared before mm-hmm. you go out um, fail to prepare yeah. fail to fail type yeah. scenario so I, I, I'm pretty big on that I, I, and I think I can adapt within a house pretty quickly depending on how that person reacts to me yes that's interesting you should say that because I've, I've read a fair amount about that kind of trying to establish a rapport mm-hmm. and I think one of the most important things is to try and identify what kind of personality you're dealing with yeah. and then almost mirror their personality Correct. because if you the can reds mirror and the greens you and know exactly yeah, yeah, what we're yeah, talking yeah, about all, yeah. because if you go in and, and you see a red and you're a blue or what have yeah. you you're just going to clash and yeah. you know nobody's going to do business with you unless I think they like you yeah. I think that's an enormous thing that who wants to do business with somebody that they don't like. Totally agree, and I, and I think you can actually establish that. I phone every single one of my pitches before I go out to them, and I try and establish what they are over the phone before I go out. Right. So if personality type. Yeah. yeah if yeah, if okay, they're pretty short and sharp, I, I want to get my stats right. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they are laughing and joking with me on the phone, I know I can. Social being. Yeah, uh, pitch up, have a coffee, have a good chat with them for a few hours. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I try and establish that over the phone before I go out. Yeah, I think most people will probably do that, but but I think subconsciously. Yeah, and I don't think there'll be too many people who will. Well, maybe I'm I'm doing you know state agents a disservice, but <laughs> I don't know where did you pick that up from? Was that your own um, um, education, or was that something that, that Savills had? More from Savills, yeah, I would yeah. say that that's more that's from Savills. Um, you know, qualify that your client before you go out and, and, and visit them uh-huh. um, and I think that's happened over the last five or six years and I think I'm, I've been very big on it in the last couple of years actually mm-hmm. when you know, competitions uh, really cranked up so it's good to know what you're going out to yeah, um, yeah. so you sitting travel sitting in the marketplace your main competitors would be your, your Corums your yeah, Retis yeah Corum Reti Clyde to an extent, yeah, I would yep. say, yeah, th- those three are the kind of main competitors for us, Cer- certainly in the West, um, where I deal uh, in the East, uh, you know, there, there's Retty, Bitstruts, Knight Frank, mm-hmm. etc. as well, especially yep. for the bigger uh, states and such like that we all sell. Um, the ESPC are very big as well, um, and there's some cracking agents, I think there's a, a lot of very much an old money mentality in Edinburgh so yes. a lot of those people will use 
their lawyers as their agents. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, not so much through here yes. in the GS. Um, although there are some very good agents, but um, it's not the same mentality, I would say. So, yeah, that's our, our main competition. So you will have noticed, it's impossible not to notice, but Aberdeen Considine obviously taken over ANS Ireland yeah. and seem to be doing free home reports and free this and free that and the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, GSPC a, a big contender for you on a day-to-day -day basis or, or do you just sort of come up against them from time to time? Yeah, the, the, they're, they're not, to be honest, and that's no disrespect. Um, we, ju we just don't come up against mm -hmm. them. I'm, I'm sure they probably have the same issues as us and that they probably don't get out to as many pitches as they'd like to. Yeah. Um, I think they get a lot of just natural referral business from the solicitors, mm. which is good, um, and I, but I'm sure they'd like to get more private business. Yes. Um, and I think they will pick up various stuff around their offices, so I think, I know that, uh, for example, I think PCT Jones have an office in Bishop Briggs and I think they are number one in Bishop Briggs out of uh, all yeah. the agents yeah, which yeah. is great and they've established themselves as that mm -hmm. um, so I think certain local offices will do very well for the GSPC So you're talking there about local offices and there's a big swing and probably has been ongoing for a number of years on your internet as against your bricks and mortar mm -hmm. um, now it'd be interesting just to take your get your take I mean I, I wouldn't have thought you'd be competing against you know your your click and sells as against your your bricks and mortar estate agents, but it'd be good just to get your overall take on where you think that's going. Do you still think you need to have a bricks and mortar presence on the high street, or do you think if we are having this conversation in five years' time, you know everybody will be on the internet? Yeah, I think um, certainly what Savills are trying to do is, is adapt mm -hmm. as, as best we can. And there are certain things that online agents do very well. Um, there are certain things that they don't do well at all. Mm. Um, good case study: I bought my house through Purple Bricks. Okay. So that was eye-opening, to say the least. Um, I never once spoke to an agent. Right. I put in an offer on a Sunday night electronically and it was accepted straight away. No negotiation. <laughs> no negotiation. Okay. Right. Um, and it would have been in a decent location. Yeah. So when I it? put yeah, Bears Den. Bears right. Den. House in Bear, nice house in Bears Den. Um, the sort of thing that myself or any one of my competitors would want to be selling. Uh-huh. And and did you go low ball or did you put a reasonable yeah, offer in under I home report? I was relatively cheeky. But not, you know, just under home report. And, and how long have they been on the market for? Because that's obviously. Three weeks. Just two, three, two weeks. weeks. So you're still thinking, except from my perspective as a solicitor putting an offer in, you're thinking, well, the game hasn't quite shifted yeah. towards the, the purchaser yet? Yeah, it, it was bit, When I put the offer in, I thought. Um, and I got the autom automatic email back to say this property is no longer available. So you immediately thought... And I thought, ah, oh, somebody else has got it. that. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a text from the owner to say, congratulations, delighted for you and Samantha. So it, very odd. Uh, from the whole process, there was then a six-week period of uh, getting missiles over the line, and et cetera, et cetera, uh -huh. and, and still not a peep from Nothing at all. Purple Bricks. What I did get was... Um, 
please come and or uh, let's sort out your Sky package. So I think they must have deals right. with some big But all automated, I presume. No, all no, email nobody's, nobody's automated. Typed that in themselves. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that is the key difference between ourselves and any other high street agent and an online agent is they are a listing tool. Uh -huh. Cost you 500 to 1,000 pounds yeah. to list your property. Uh -huh. um, I think they will have a, an effect on certain agencies, um, but I think the well-established good estate agents will prevail every uh -huh. time. They, they, they are throwing a lot of money Mm -hmm. They've spent about ten million pounds in TV advertising this yeah, year, yeah. which is pretty scary. And I'm sure we've all seen the light, the lights of. I'm using Purple Bricks as an example. The lights of their adverts, and they're very good. So, I, I, and I think at a certain level of the market, they will do very well. I think one of the problems is that they're very much based upon individuals, and you could potentially yeah. get an absolutely fantastic estate agent who's under the brand of the Purple Bricks. But if you are um, if what you, your experience of purple bricks is a bad one, you're just gonna the good ones are gonna get tarred with yeah. the bad brush or the brush of the of the bad ones. Yeah, I think I think it could be a worry if they get some good um, good agents yeah. working for them. I think it could be a bit concerning. But, but that's scandalous that they've not negotiated. I mean, did you think, gosh, I should have got in cheaper? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> not the best deal I can get. I, 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 There's I, nothing worse I, than that negotiation. Yeah. Well, we thought we thought we didn't get it. We thought we didn't yeah. get it. So it was um, that was an experience, and I have used that in so many mm. examples out in pitches. You know, if you want to pay three, four, five thousand pounds less yep, yep, yep. In, in estate agency fees, you could lose out on twenty, mm. thirty thousand pounds. And this is a personal experience yeah. that I have had. Yeah. Um yeah. Of course that's no, interesting. No negotiating. So that was I was I was pretty happy at the end I of it. I thought you were, yeah. But um yeah, funny old funny old one. That's old. Yeah. That is old. So your patch is, is Glasgow, um West End. What market what it's been a good year, I think, for, for most of the agents. It has been a good year, yeah. Um, I think up to a certain level, the market is very buoyant. So, you know, anything up to 500,000, um, things are good. Yeah. Um, the LBTT is, is that a, a killer? an issue. Yeah, it's an issue at the top end mm -hmm. of the market. We are seeing uh, property at the top end transacting now. So, I think people are finally saying, okay, let's get on mm. with it. We've had swallowing it. It's been a funny old year, 2016, for various reasons that we're, we're all aware of. Um, and I think now people are saying, okay, look, if I want to buy a house above 750000 I'm paying 12% in tax, let's bite the bullet. For me or any other agent, it's about convincing your seller to say, look, this is what you may have got. The reality is somebody's going to have to pay if you're buying a million pound house just under 100k in yeah. tax. So, will they be factoring in some of the costs? They have to factor that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have to factor that in. So, it's getting better at the at the upper end of the market, and mm. that's where we like to specialise in. And we still sell more million pound houses than any other agent in Scotland. So, um, I think it will get better. Although I do think next year is going to be 
challenging again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially that upper level. So, but it, it's great to see. It's terrible to call it that mainstream market, but the transa- the market that transacts the most, sort of sub five hundred thousand, is going really well, which it's I think is a real a real positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it might be of, of interest for for some of the listeners to to note that I think if you're ever talking to an estate agent they would rather have more of a throughput of property mm-hmm. than have the one or two absolute humdinger million pound properties because yeah. as with many businesses it's a numbers game and it's all about trying to throughput and get your your stock refreshed as, as many times as possible during the year. Yeah, I would agree with that, I would agree with that. But at the same time, we at Samuel certainly want to be selling the best properties throughout Scotland, uh, and more often than not, they're at, at a certain level. Yeah. Um, and if they're priced correctly, mm-hmm. they'll sell. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're talking about there about pricing and and getting the price correct. Is that the number one takeaway from anybody listening to this, as far as the best tip is concerned, or if it's not, what what in your opinion what, is the what, best tip? when selling a house yeah yeah I think the key number one key is definitely getting that price right at the uh-huh. start uh, if you get that wrong we, I don't want to be having conversations with clients where we're having to reduce price and are uh, you are you you must be in some respects forced by the, or, or you get a bullish client you're dealing with top end people top end properties and they may think, well, my property is worth X, yeah. which is far in excess of what you th- know the property to be valued at. Yeah, that I must be a difficult conversation. That, that is a difficult one, but I think the fortunate um, fallback that we have is the home reports now. So mm-hmm. if I'm going out to somebody's house and I think it's worth 750000 and they think it's worth a million pounds, you know, more often than not, I say, look, let's get, let's get our home report done and see how we get on with that. Yes. And then will gauge your asking price from them. Mm-hmm. So that home report, I think, can um, give them a bit of a reality check sometimes, which is good. Yes. Um, and as I say, I don't, uh, what I often do, if, if, it, if it does come on at a slightly inflated pl- price, uh, driven from the client, which can happen a lot, mm-hmm. I'm sure most would agree, um, I'll give it a, a time frame. So I'll say, look, in four weeks, if we are not getting the right interest, we need to look at doing something with the price. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. We don't want houses sitting in our books for months and months and months and ends. So no. Um, we, we're pretty strict on that actually, and, and clients quite like that. Yes. And sometimes we can be proved wrong, which is good. Uh, happy to be proved wrong and um, get a wee bit more for something. So. Okay. I'm conscious that uh, I only wanted to to be with you for thirty minutes, so. I think we'll, we'll walk you to the exit, but before we walk you to the exit, exit, if you've listened to any of the shows, you'll know that we do a quick fire round, um, and I said before we started that you don't know what I'm going to be asking you, this is worrying, so um, <laughs> the show is very much based upon our listeners, a lot of the listeners are first time buyers, yeah. so the questions are all about firsts, okay, so mm-hmm. first tier football, uh-huh. Do you like first tee, i.e. golf or football? First tee or football? Oh, golf. Good. Um, first property. What was the first property that you bought? Spencer Street in Annie's Land, main door, two bed, with my sister. Okay. Moved in and make much money out of it? 
uh, bought at the peak of the market. Oh dear, right. So Still got on. it. <laughs> <laughs> and has it reached the value? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're doing okay now. Okay. We're doing good now on it. But um, I think nobody knew it was going to happen. No. And so when was that? That was 2008. God. Beginning of 2008. It was it was just, like, everybody thought it was just going to keep going. Yeah, I think everyone did. I, I think nobody necessarily thought it was going to get as bad as it did. Mm. Um, and so quickly. Yeah. And I say to so many people that for 20, 20 of my 25 years as a solicitor, I never came across um, negative equity. Yeah. And then after 2008, people were losing 10, 15, yeah. 20, 30,000 pounds property. Yeah. The property was only worth 90 to yeah. begin with. So yeah. that, for a lot of people, that would just kill you for yeah. the rest of your, I, I, your I'd days. I'd say we were probably about 20K down Ouch. in that flat. And as a first time buyers at the time, um, mm, that that's was, a hard pill was to painful. But I think we always knew, and I think the positive was, we always knew we were going to have it for, you long know, long we've had it for 10 plus years now. Okay. Yeah. So we always knew we were going to have it. It, it, was, it was a lifestyle. So yeah. I, I'd encourage any first time buyers out there, if, if it's something that they think they're going to have for long term, long term yeah. go for it. Okay. First medal? Ooh. School. Where are hundred meter. Oh, right. You might not think I'm straight quick <laughs> back in the day. I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty fast. Right, okay. I think Remember? my fastest time was about 12, 12 flat. Oh, that's all right. hundred meters, not bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, that was first my stand first off. Not bad. Yeah. Um, first fix or DIY? DIY. You like the DIY? Like You're quite that. handy. Yeah, I'm quite good, yeah. What could you do? What's the, what's the biggest thing you've done? What's the biggest thing I've done? Uh, Put me in the spot there. What's the biggest thing I've done? Laid some flooring. Okay. Not huge. No, but that's. But uh, I'd rather that goes do it wrong. myself. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm. I'm looking at getting a new kitchen just now, which I I, I, I thought about potentially trying to tackle myself. Mm, get a man in. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> something. For God's that. sake! Yeah. You're only just married. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to stay married? Get uh, man in. Get getting something. Um, first choice of self catering. Self catering. Okay. First car. Renault Megane. Brilliant. Do you know the registration number? D12LMB. Everybody knows the registration number. First film that you can remember? Oh, Gremlins. Wow. That does date. That was a while ago. That, right. that was shortly, I think that came out the year I was born. Right. 85, I, I may okay. be wrong, but I'm sure it came out the year I was born. Good. Um, first girlfriend? <laughs> you could just give me the name. Am I allowed to say that? First <laughs> girlfriend? Oh, God. Sarah, I think. Sarah. Okay, we won't give our surname just no. so that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a few. First foot or first foot or staying in. Come first foot. Christmas, good stuff. Absolutely. Um, and then this one, first amongst equals or fact, all about books, fact or fiction. Ooh. Fiction. Okay. Last book you read. Last book I read. Ah. Uh, Maybe a bit of a controversial one. Girl on the Train. Oh, yes. Just came out as a movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie was crap. Don't go and see it. No, my wife said that, but the, the, the book's book. really good. Yeah, really good book. Really good. Read that in my honeymoon. Lovely. So. And are you still fighting with Barhead Travel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll leave it. 
Um, Chris, thanks very much. It's been pleasure, enlightening, um, and uh, yeah, we'll need to have you back on again soon. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the, the best interviews that we've done. Um, you know, that part where we talked about qualifying the leads was just so interesting. And it may well be that that's something that subs- subconsciously a lot of estate agents do. But it was just interesting to see that that f- um, forms part of the training that uh, the estate agents do there at Savills. It was a great interview and, you know, I'm really keen to get anybody else on who's got an interest in property or has got a job within the property sphere. If you would like to come on and, and have an interview uh, and you are in, in the, the west of Scotland, then, you know, delighted I can pop in the car and come out to see you. And if you're further afield, then again, delighted to have you on the show and we can hook up and do a Skype interview just contact me on the usual forums. Uh, you can join the w- the website. We're on the Facebook. Uh, just type into the search bar uh, Facebook on the Bricks and Mortar podcast. You can get me on uh, LinkedIn. Just type in Jonathan Williams, solicitor, and I will come up. And also just email me. Uh, email me at jonathanwilliams at begleybrown.co.uk. So next week, we're going to go back on to the nuts and bolts of the mortgage side of things. We have reached the application side. So it is the of the three parts of the initial process. We've spoken previously about the affordability. We're now on to, or we previously then talked about getting the decision in principle and then on to the application. I'm going to knock it off now and I'm going to go and I've got this night out with my BNI chums. That's the networking group that I go to on a Friday morning. The time is now quarter past four, so they're probably already on their second pint. They wanted to get into the counting house just off George Square at four o'clock with a, a meal starting at six. I think, listen, absolutely, fellas, there's absolutely no way uh, I'm going to be doing that because I've got so much to do with the family coming over for Christmas. It really is pretty manic in the the Williams household, I have to say, what with redecorating, getting things organised for Christmas, it really is pretty much pandemonium. So um, whilst I'm not going to be off the the sauce, um, I'll have a few sherbets, but uh, really just got to cock any on things. Just to finish off, I'd come back out of my Lindsay's night out last night and I didn't, wasn't drinking anything. And I tell you what, the Glasgow Friday night, 10 days before Christmas, it was utter carnage. You should just just seen it. It was like Sodom and Gomorrah. It was just people walking about just in a just drunken haze. And this was at, at midnight when I was walking home and it was just the funniest thing. People staggering about just... If you've if you've ever been out in Glasgow on a Saturday night, you could probably multiply it by three or four. It was utter madness. It really was. So listen, I'll tell you about the japes that we get up to next week. That's me. I'm going to sign off. It's Jonathan Williams. It's a sideways look at property, and once again, it is the Bricks and Mortar podcast.